Welcome to 30 Plus One, the podcast, the community and all-round connect for music managers. And because I couldn't get anyone else to do this, here I am, your host, Kadi Campbell. So hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me. I'm really pleased to welcome today Kate Craker, personal life coach who I connected with recently and thought that this would prove to be some really useful information for listeners out there, for independent music managers and artists managing themselves. Uh, we all know that there's there's a lot that's going on and kind of in the day-to-day, you are focused on your day-to-day um, challenges and you don't get much time to step back and think about your goals and kind of refocus and and that a bit of the kind of sharpening the saw exercises so um that's that's yeah what i'm i'm hoping uh well certainly what i've got from my interactions already with kate which i'll speak about later which i've received but yeah i'm hoping that some of you can get from this as well so uh without further ado uh, let's get to it kate thank you for joining me Thank you for having me. It's nice to be able to have the opportunity to share this with a few more people. So um, this is really great. Like, yes, absolutely. And we have to say as well for everyone listening, this, this, oh, well, my listeners will know that this is my uh, first interview on the podcast. Uh, but also we were just having a quick chat before. It's it's Kate's as well. Yep. That's so right. Uh, yeah. Both newbies to this. So uh, yes. but I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. Yes, absolutely. Um, so let's let's just let's get straight into it. So, so what is a life coach, and you know, how do you describe what you do? Well, basically, life coaching is it's a form of talking therapy, and it just gives the people it gives people the opportunity to take a step back from their everyday lives, just to look at like the big picture of what it is that they really want to be doing, what's maybe not working right for them now. And just helping them to set and achieve goals in both their personal and professional lives. So it provides a framework which enables you to get from where you currently are to where you want to be more quickly. And as I said, it gives you the opportunity to just take a step back and work out what that is. Because so often we get, you know, so bogged down with the day-to-day stuff that we don't take that step back and look at the bigger picture and, and, you know, remind ourselves of why we're doing what we're doing you know what we want to get out of it and uh, and that sort of kind of step back gives us the opportunity to see what isn't working and then the the chance to find maybe better ways of um doing what we do yeah so it it's completely future focused it's not um it's not like counselling. We don't dig up the past. It basically looks at where you are right now and where you want to be. It does draw on strengths and experiences from the past and um, builds on the power of new habits going forward. But it's basically a, a safe space, if you like, to think and talk about, you know, what it is you really want and, and how you can manage that process. Yeah, I mean, I feel like so many people could benefit from doing that. I noticed yesterday, actually, when I was doing a bit of the prep for this, um, on looking uh, for your emails, that I saw a tag on your email, making space for creativity. Mm-hmm. And that really, that that jumped out to me because I also, I kind of see the manager's, uh, manager's role 
as doing helping a bit with that for artists for example so doing the kind of taking away some of the things like um, booking gigs and things like that so that they have space to be creative but that is also the same um for everyone really and for managers that you need to you need to make that space to to have that creative thought Mm -hmm. as well don't you yeah and if you've got stuff hanging over that you haven't done you know like I mean this classic one at this time of year is the tax question which hopefully everybody's got sorted now but you know this this could start months before where you think I've got to get my tax done by the end of January and and it's not you know it's not important yet and so you don't uh, or it is important but it's not like immediately it's not you know imperative that you do it now so it gets left and left and left and then you suddenly get to January and it starts to become more of a pressure on you and you don't realize it but you know just the fact that you haven't done it yet you know it's it's at the back of your mind just sort of whirring away and just you know there's other things like that as well that you, because you haven't done or oh, I need to call that person or I need to do that you know just making a little bit of time maybe once a week where you do those kind of things just you know gives you that that freedom to then concentrate when you are being creative that you haven't got all these things hanging over you so it's just I mean that just is around being more organized but just you know setting yourself goals like you know I want to get all that kind of background administrative stuff to do with my business I'm gonna make a time to get that sorted and I'm gonna you know stick it and it's about starting new habits as well yeah um I definitely want to talk about that process of kind of how you get from the point of where you're used to working and how you work now to to being a bit more organized and like you're saying you know setting time aside to do things and not kind of having those things hang over you changing your practices um but I was just thinking going um, back a little bit um is that your dogs <laughs> oh can you hear some noise going yeah. on there is that too it's like, like, is that gonna come on there? <laughs> that's that's actually no 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 that's totally fine it's absolutely fine I guess as long as listeners know what it is it's not Kate or I um she she is um looking after two dogs at the moment so yeah if you hear anything in the okay. back that's, that's like that rumbling yeah, yeah. they're, they're <laughs> pugs thinking, and they're notoriously oh. noisy yes yes <laughs> Okay. Um, so, so yeah, going back a bit, how did you, how did you come to this? How did you get to being a life coach? So I started off life, um, as a musician. I went to music college. Um, I was, had a career as a professional cellist for about 10 years. I then, uh, I met my husband and we got into the record industry. So we started a small independent record label, um, which was really successful. It was classical label, uh, we sold out to a major and then we um, ended up doing it again. We got into more crossover um, jazz and um, pop um, artists. And uh, having run two more labels, we then decided that that was um, the record industry was actually um, changing and people weren't paying for records and things so we then went a bit more into artist management we built a built a recording studio so all within the music industry but you know different areas and then about um five or six years ago I came to a point where I needed a change and I wanted to do something that was sort of a bit more I don't know still within the industry but um I just I was really interested in why people do what they do 
and, uh, you know, what makes people successful. And I'd had some business coaching. We'd had some business coaching with our company. And with the labels stuck? With, yeah, with the labels, uh, okay. yes. Ah, and yes. so um, as a result of that, I went to the guy who we'd had the business coaching from. And I'd actually had some personal coaching with him as well and said, you know, how does this work? How could I learn more about this? And um, I ended up training as a life coach. And um, I also am an NLP master practitioner. So it's all about, you know, how we how we do NLP is understanding how people organize their thinking and feeling language and behavior to produce the results that they do. So basically how and why people do what they do. Right. So um, with all this. What does this NLP stand for? Uh, it's no? neuro-linguistic programming. Ah, okay, perfect. So it's yeah. sort of the psychology of, um, not the psychology, maybe just the, the how we do what we do, basically. Right. And whether, yeah. and we have these programs running in our head and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't, but we don't, you know, it's looking at them and seeing what works and what doesn't. So basically with this new new sort of knowledge and the experience I'd had within the music industry, it just seemed the logical step to work with musicians and help them to, you know, take what I knew and, um, you know, take a step back and look at their lives and see how they could do things better, you know, what was working and what wasn't working. Yeah. So I work a lot with musicians. I work with it sort of spreading into um, singers and actors and choreographers and directors, but people within the sort of entertainment industry. Yeah. But actually, as a coach, I can work with anybody because it's, I'm not an, you are the expert in your life and actually, you know, all the answers, you just yeah. don't ask the right questions. So yeah. as a coach, I will ask you those questions that you don't ask yourself yeah. and, um, you know, just motivate you to, um, to come up with your own answers. And actually that that's part of it because when people tell us what to do, it actually, it we produce a small amount of stress hormones of cortisol because actually it's someone else's ideas about what you should do. When you come up, you may come up with those same ideas yourself, but the fact that you've come up with them yourself, you actually then produce happy hormones mm. and it may you feel good and you feel kind of empowered that you've... Um, you know, thought of these things yourself. And having done that, you're more likely to go forward and, you know, actually carry out what you what you said you will. Yes, it kind of takes that, yeah, that pressure. It takes away that external pressure. It's just your... Yeah, when you, when you, when yeah. you hear yourself saying, I should do this or I ought yes. to do this or I must do this, it's usually someone else's agenda, Yes. And actually, and we'll talk about this a bit later, but I uh, had a session with Kate, uh, which which was great. Uh, I recommend, but I'll, I'll talk about my experience a bit afterwards. Um, and I used a lot of that language, didn't I, during mm-hmm. our session that sh- I should yeah. I should do this and I should I should do that. And and um I, I don't know what I don't know if it was necessarily I mean I'm self-employed so it wasn't necessarily uh, what others were telling me but I think it definitely came, 
does, did come from a place of like pressure and yep. stress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, there's yeah. That. And actually the language that we use is really, and this is where the NLP comes into it, because the language that we use is really very influential in 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 our lives if all the time we're saying things like oh I'm really bad at this or I can't do that or I'm having trouble with that you know this sends very clear messages to our unconscious mind that you know we're not very good at things and so we don't there's not the need to be good at those things almost you know because if you say to yourself oh I'm you know I always make I always go wrong here you're much more likely to go wrong than if you said, I'm going to, you know, this is a challenge, but I'm going to do my best to do the best that I can, you know. Yes. And, and even things like, you know, if you say I'm going to try and do something, that's a really interesting one because actually if you try and do something, like if you, I don't know, if you try and pick up something that's in front of you at the moment. Mm-hmm. And you put your hand out and you put your hand on it. As soon as you pick it up, you're not trying anymore. You've done but it. You've done it. So right. the actual action or the by saying you're going to try and do something, it, it sends a message to your brain that you're not going to do it anyway. So, you know, there's no point in bothering really. It's like ah, if, right. you, okay. if you're on a – just imagine you're on a, on a plane, right, and the pilot – comes on the loudspeaker and says, ladies and gentlemen, you know, thank you for flying. I'm going to try and land this plane now. Uh, you know, yeah, that, I'd that, be concerned. <laughs> it immediately sends out the message that, you know, someone isn't actually going to be able to do it properly or yeah. even at all. Yeah. So, so I mean, and that the, they don't have faith in themselves to do it. I mean, that they'll 100% do it. There's a question there. You know, absolutely. I may not be able to do it, but I'll give it a try. Yeah. So yeah. the language that we use, you know, it's it's very important. And even mm. just noticing, once you start to notice your negative language, that is the first step to, you know, being aware of it. And then you'll find that you'll actually start to change it. So what should we Oh, or what what is what's the better language from i should it I well should be doing i'm this. going to i'm going to do this or i want to do this okay okay i see yes yes changing you see, it. You, you've even just in that short amount of time become aware of your language it's it's yeah it's, as i say once once someone highlights it you know it, it's a really it's the beginning of the process of change and as a coach, I will listen to people. I mean, I won't pick them up on everything, but I will, I notice their language and, you know, every now and then I'll say, you know, did you notice how you said that? Yeah. And it's just about raising awareness on, you know, on how we speak. And it is, say, it's really, it's really, it plays a really big part in how we feel mm. and how positive we are. And, uh, and I know we all have off days and everything, but yeah. You know, just being aware that you're constantly saying life is terrible and we're really bad at things is, you know, it does have a massive effect on us generally. Yeah, yeah. No, I I definitely believe in the power of words, but I, I definitely think it's beneficial to kind of to have yeah, like, you know, like like an athlete in training who has their coach or whatever. It's beneficial to have someone who can kind of remind you or check yeah. you of that sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. When yeah, you, just to keep yeah. that positive mental yes. attitude going. Yes, yeah. yes. Yes. Uh, 
Um, really and important. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned that you you work a lot with musicians, and I, I know I, this will be of particular interest to my listeners, as you know as well. And of mm-hmm. course, with your um, music background, which I, when you were talking, I was thinking maybe this this is another episode that we get on and talk about um, labels and the industry at that time, which I know is big interest uh, for the listeners as well. But um, do you find did you find any or do you find any like recurring challenges that musicians face obviously I know not sharing personal information but I just mean kind of generally in in achieving and setting their goals mm-hmm. well yeah I mean as performers um you know the, the actual people who are working as practicing musicians rather than yes. writers or whatever you know there are there's 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 issues around confidence that's sort of a a big thing the thing about um and actually is it just for musicians I mean I suppose in the performing side of it it is that confidence thing and it's it's how you manage your state when you're performing which is um more um relevant for musicians but actually things like you know, am I fake? Am I good enough? All those mm. sort of things. Oh, when, the when I say, syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I say, am I fake? That's what I mean. You know, is somebody going to find out one day that I'm not really um, as good as I I'm yes. pretending to be? You know, that's that's quite a big. And thing. does every does everyone have? Oh, I know you don't know. Like, do you find a lot of people have this? Lots is really common, right? Have this. Yes. Yeah. Every it's time a, I yeah. have it. Uh, and if I ever express anything to someone about it, they always say, oh, I feel the same. It's like we're all, it's, it's a yeah, common no, yeah. And it's not just in the music industry. You get people quite high up in their careers who, you know, sort of like um, managing directors and COEs and things who, who, you know, everybody looks up to and thinks that they're, you know, at the top of their game. But even people like that do have this imposter syndrome every now and then who, you know, they think just sooner or later somebody's going to find out that actually, you know, I'm not so good at what I do. And I've got, I've worked with people who in the music industry who, you know, you look at their CV and you think, wow, this is uh, this is something else. Sorry, can you hear my dogs in the background? I can, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a dog lover. So yes, for me, yes. I just think it sounds cute. <laughs> yes, no, they are, they yeah. are well asleep here. Um, yeah. But yeah, so this person who, you know, looking at their CV, they have just done so much, made so many records and, you know, worked with like everybody you can think of. But in their mind, they've not really achieved anything. Wow. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's it's not it's not uncommon. You know, people won't admit it, but um, or very seldom admit it. But, you know, it is there and it it can bring you down. Yes. So but, you know, just going back to issues that musicians face. I mean, there's the time management one, isn't there, where, you know, you get so involved in what you're doing that you everything else goes out the window. And, you know, being a bit more organized, you know, working in chaos. And uh, these are, you know, for creative people generally, I think those those can be issues. And also, you know, the work life balance. Yes. You know, making sure that you, you know, if you do have other people who are either dependent on you or, you know, you have relationships with or, you know, there's other things in your life that you have to do that you, you know, you don't work and work to the exclusion of all those things. So it's about. um, That's a big one for me. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just. 
And actually, when you do do those things and when you are feeling more organized or you have tidied up that huge pile of crap that's been there for forever, you know, you do feel better. Yes. You know, when you're working in a in a a tidy environment, you feel better. But sometimes you think, well, I can't possibly afford to take time out to do that because I've got to, you know, because I'm, I'm doing this and I've got to get this finished. But actually all the time seeing that mess around you isn't enabling you to work at your best. So maybe taking out just 10 or 15 minutes, which in the grand scheme of things isn't a huge amount of time, to tidy up the area around you, you then go back to what you were doing with a clearer headspace and you probably work better. Yeah, that's that's like those exercises that I uh, refer to and I didn't make this term up. It's something I picked up, but the whole sharpening the saw kind of thing. So, you know, you're there sawing down a tree and you've desperately got to do this and you've got to finish it in the next half an hour or so. Uh, but and you don't want to step back to just take 10 minutes and sharpen the saw mm. which will then help you saw the tree down so much Absolutely. more quickly uh, yep. but you know it's like you don't want to take those 10 minutes you just got to keep sawing and you're just going to take that extra time to do it yes but actually if you took one minute out to realize that it was only 10 minutes yes yeah because that it's that you know it's yes, the, even not right. yeah uh, it's not starting something because you think it's going to be too big and actually on a slightly different tangent there sure taking um time out to you know if there's something big that you want to do or there's something that you think is quite a big thing to do um but you you quite often don't start it because you think it's too big but actually sitting down and looking at it and breaking it down. And this is what coaching does. It takes your big term, your long-term goals, breaks them down into smaller manageable ones and then looks at those one at a time. And then you work out a plan as to how you're going to do that first one. So it's about breaking things down into like bite-sized pieces so that actually you can do that because it's only going to take you half an hour. And actually you can do that one because that's only going to take you 20 minutes. And actually all those things together might take you an hour or two, but actually look what the end result is. Yes. So, I mean, I think coaching is sometimes called gap management because sometimes people think that the gap between where they are and where they want to be is just too great that they don't know where to start. And, you know, coaching will enable you to look at that big picture, break it down into smaller chunks, and then look at each of those ones separately and just get you started. And sometimes that's all you need is to get started. Yeah. And recognising that, okay, maybe it's a little way off, but actually look at the the three or four things that you've done today or this week that's taken you that little bit further forward. And that will motivate you to you know, actually get on with it. Yes, absolutely. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the actual process now. So, you know, what people might expect. But actually, uh, there was just, jumping back a little bit as well, you were saying that, um, you know, you've you've done some, when we were talking about the imposter syndrome or, you know, that kind of, mm-hmm. um, you know, will people find me out thing that you worked with, you've worked with a range of clients, including 
high profile or like quite established people. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's like a whole range of people. Yeah, so I have worked with high profile people, people who are successful in their careers who still need that bit of time to or still can benefit from that bit of time out where you just stop and look at the bigger picture and just see whether you are heading in the direction and the stuff that you're doing is, you know, still what you want to do. But I've also worked with people who are right at the beginning of their career who, you know, just have this idea that they want to be, you know, famous and and have all their work out there, but haven't really thought it through. And without obviously putting them off because you know you can be an overnight success if you bump into the right person but you know it's not that's not always the case so just sitting down and thinking of all the things that you need to have in place in order to start that ball rolling okay yeah so, is, there, is there anyone we might know in in uh, that you can say in those uh, um probably not because everything that I do is confidential of course I'm not you know and, and I'm <laughs> I'm very you know in terms of you know when at the start of any session you, yeah. I make very clear that this is completely confidential and that nothing goes out of the room where you're having that conversation and I no, think I'm, I'm nosy Kate and yeah. I have to no, ask the question no, okay. no, we all are, <laughs> yeah. but it is you know it is respecting that confidentiality and I think knowing that that is the case you know will give people the freedom to be a little bit more you know let their guard down you know and yeah. once that's broken I mean there is I have a code of ethics uh, which has a there's, a there's a confidentiality agreement that um you know, is is entered into with every client that I work with. So nothing. I mean, I can I can use general examples, but you know, nothing yeah. else. Of course, so. no, I completely understand, <laughs> and oh. it's good to know. Uh, yeah, none of my nothing we shared will then be shared further no, as well. As well, absolutely so I, I not. Respect no. that and totally appreciate it. Mm. Um, so let's talk about the process. Um, so how? So someone has decided right yep I I want to take a bit of time and kind of focus and look at how I can work better and plug that gap as you've been saying Mm -hmm. how they get they reach out to you what happens then what happens okay so there's there's usually or always actually an introductory session which is free and it's for the client to um just get an idea of the process and to build a little bit of rapport so that um the every both parties feel comfortable working i've never had somebody that i can't i haven't been able to work with because part of my training is to build that rapport with somebody to make somebody feel comfortable but Um, obviously you know if someone comes to me and there's for some random reason they i don't know take a dislike to me you know so that introductory session is just a a let's let's find out as to whether this is going to work and how it's going to work yeah and in that initial session i will get the person to just think about the bigger picture in their life you know what what are the goals what do they want to be doing what do they want to do what do they want to have and what do they want to be yeah and just to do the I sometimes call it the magic wand thing where you you know if I could wave a magic wand over this area of your life what would be happening yes and you know really think about that and, and create that picture 
And once you've got that picture of where you want to be, you can then, you know, look back and see where you are now and how you're going to literally manage that gap. And actually, sometimes, you know, in looking at that big picture, the picture that people think is what they want turns out to be actually not quite what they want and once you start to talk about that and write it down as well yeah you know it really clarifies in your mind you know what it is that you really want so we look at those big picture questions we look at um you know what areas are you you're not happy with and um you know what would you like to change and it's it's non-judgment, non sorry, not it's non-judgmental, but it's non-directive yeah. coaching. So it's completely about it means that I will never suggest to you what I think would be good or what right. I think you could do. So I have the I have the background in you know what the industry is like and I can ask people questions around what they could do uh, with that knowledge, but I will never directly say I think you should do this okay Um, yeah I mean might someone might ask me what my opinion is and I could say well this is my only my opinion and it's not coaching because coaching as I say is non-directive but I you know I could suggest something but it will be outside of that coaching context but basically most people as I mentioned earlier most people know the answers Yes. They don't dig deep enough to find them. Yes. And that's what a coach will do. I will just ask you questions to make you think outside of your the box that you usually think in. And um, sometimes just that process of, of me saying, you know, something like, you know, if if time wasn't, you know, if time wasn't an issue, what could you do? Or if, you know, money wasn't an issue or, you know, if you had all the resources you need, you know, what could you do? Yeah, if money wasn't an issue. Yeah. It's quite often people think, well, I can't do that because I haven't, you know, I haven't got the funds. But actually... Or I need to pay my bills, so I have to take this job or I have to do that, you know, which means that I then can't do something else. And obviously, you know, we look at the big, the whole picture. So if you're looking to do something which is going to take all of your time up and you're not going to have time to do anything that maybe could earn you some money, yeah. you know, things are going to go badly wrong. So yeah. you need to look at the whole picture to make sure that, you know, there is balance in what you're doing. But, you know, to look at the, initially to look at what the dream is, yeah. you know, what it is that your end goal is, is what happens in that first session. And then people will go away and maybe sort of hone it a little bit and decide, you know, what changes they want to make and what they want to do first. And um, and then the structure of the main sessions are um, just basically that framework enabling you to get to move forward. And it's fundamentally about setting yourself goals. Right. And so you have your big main goal, which is your your big picture, but then you have lots of little smaller goals along the way, which, you know, each session you will leave with um, a, something that you want to achieve and a plan as to how you're going to achieve it. And quite specific around what you're going to do and when you're going to do it. 
Okay, so that's at the end of every session. Well, during the session, we Mm -hmm. will work through what it is you want, what you could do to get it, Mm -hmm. what, you know, needs to happen or what could happen, and then actually what you are going to do. And this is all written down because, again, that process of writing something down is very, it's empowering and it is powerful. Yes. And writing it down and actually when you're going to do it and being really specific about that. So you will leave your session with, this is what I'm going to do, and this is when I'm going to do it. And also, this is how I'm going to feel when I've done it. Yeah. So it's the whole process of, you know, the actions and what the consequences are going to be and where it's going to take you. And that is, you know, that clarity and that, um, that sort of being specific about it really sends people away motivated to do it and also the fact that you're going to see them again because it's it's a really beneficial to have you know three se- at least three sessions so yes. you have your first one and you are introduced to it and then you come back and after the first main session you will go away with a written down a sheet of paper with what you're going to do when you're going to do it and how you're going to feel about it and you also have that accountability with your coach that you're going to go back and um, be able to say yes I've done that yes because that's a little extra thing because when we're just talking to ourselves you know I'm going to do that next week and actually if you don't do it you've only got yourself to wrap yourself over the knuckles with which you probably won't do but but it's having that incentive to know that you're going to go back and see this person in a week or two's time and you know what you're going to feel like if you haven't done it oh absolutely yeah and you know I mean often you feel like I can't yeah you don't want to go back and say I didn't I didn't do this that I set that Mm. out yeah it's that accountability. Yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily that thought process, but it's knowing that you're going to go back next week, and it's like it's a bit like homework, I suppose, isn't it? Yes. You know, you do if you've got an essay to write, and you're just going to, you know, you're going to, you haven't got a, a deadline or a time when it's got to be handed in by. You know, it just gets left and left. But the night before the deadline of that piece of work having to be handed in, you do it, don't you? Yes, yes. Because there's that motivation and that accountability. Yes, Yes, that's right. That's a little bit. I mean, it's not like that the the coach is the teacher or whatever, but you know, there there is that you've kind of made a a commitment to somebody else that you are going to do something, and that actually is a very powerful thing. So that, yeah. that, that is very powerful in helping people to move forward. But because, I mean, the other thing about it is that it's not unlike the essay, which you've been told to do, the actions that you leave a session with are actions that you actually have come up with yourself and yeah. you have agreed to do them. Yeah, so and it's also closely connected to your personal goals for yourself, you know. Yep. They're not, it's not about you know, a bit on the curriculum or whatever. Yeah. It's no, yeah, there's it's yeah. something that you have chosen to do. Yes. And they are, you know, those things are motivated because as I say, when you come up with these ideas yourselves, you're you're you produce happy hormones. Yeah. And it, and, and you're then motivated to do them. 
Yes. So, um, yeah. Well, you love a bit of goal setting, so I guess that's the science. That's the science bit behind yeah, it. I'm actually feeling really happy. You and because uh, I do, I do just love it. Um, and my listeners will know because we've had sessions on uh, goal set, uh, like um, targets and mm-hmm. sort of that objectives and that. And I and I actually do love that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah. there we have it. I'm not, I'm not weirdo. It's actually um, no, scientific. It is a. It is, yeah. <laughs> it is motivating and it and it builds you know it builds once you've done it a few times you kind of get the the bug for setting yourself make writing lists and setting oh, yourself yes. goals and yes. uh, yeah and it's motivating oh 100 yeah. percent. um so you you mentioned that you've not had people um you've not had the experience where you've had people that you can't work with but I was wondering when you said that are there any people that you think or potential it just actually occurred to me sorry it just actually occurred to me when I was doing my training yeah um I had to do I had practice clients and I did actually have one person who uh wasn't suitable for coaching I could have worked with her the question yeah like are there people that you think are not suitable and like kind of who might they be or what might that be dependent on right so if somebody is or in order to be coached, somebody has to be able to make decisions and be um, able to look and see what their future is. This person that I was thinking about, who I was came into my brain after I said, you know, I've never had anybody I could yeah. work with, wasn't actually suitable because actually counselling or some sort of more sort of um, uh, more like therapeutic I can't think what the right word is intervention like counseling would or CBT would was going to be more uh, beneficial for this lady because she was so cognitive behavioral therapy therapy. so this this particular person wasn't actually capable of of making decisions she was so um she was so deeply entrenched in her problems that seeing a way out at that point wasn't um, actually an option or wasn't actually going to be viable. So I didn't She needed a different... Yeah, but I didn't, again, suggest that she needed counselling. But we we just talked about what options might be more suitable for her. Ah. And actually, she ended up coming saying that she had had been having some therapy and actually maybe she might go and have some more. So again, it wasn't a a suggestion from me. It was just something that I noticed and then put to her in a way that made her realise that maybe she wasn't ready for for the kind of um, opportunities that coaching could give her. And so, yeah. But other than that, if you're you're able to make decisions and you're, you know, able to sort of see your future, I mean, she couldn't actually see what her future was. Yes. You know, that that is the point where somebody may, you know, may not be suitable. Yeah. So need some other help first. Yeah. Yeah. And then it can be something that potentially can be revisited. Yeah. Absolutely. Later on. Okay. uh, That's great. So, um. I've been I've been mentioning it, mentioning it a bit uh, earlier on, uh, but I actually had a session with Kate. Um, we did our session. It was a couple of weeks ago now, I think. Um, we met um, and we had a a one to one. Kate gave me some 
uh, there was like a bit of homework, wasn't there, Kate? A tiny bit. Yes. Well, yes. it was it was, it was the, the homework that you you decided or you'd chosen to do. Again, yes. it wasn't something that I'd given you. Oh yes, absolutely. It was just a kind of look at um, the different areas in my life and kind of looking at where I am and thinking about where I want to be. It was just it was really it was really short to do but as I've said and I've mentioned it before these are the kind of activities that I really enjoy so um it was always going to be something that I I would do and I actually I think I I've always considered myself to be quite on it in terms of setting my goals and I'm not necessarily always achieving them but always um working towards them and and being able to break them down and being able to you know sort of project marriage things and that kind of thing um and I'm really into um things that motivate me and 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 the notion and idea of like positive reinforcement and positive language and all of that stuff but even with that and and I read a lot of a lot of uh, books around that and and do my best to practice it but even with that I would say I still got a lot from this session that I had with UK um I that's great feedback thank you (laughs) yeah it was it for me like I said as much as I feel um quite yeah practiced in in setting goals and reviewing my life and things and kind of plugging that gap I would say um it was it was it was beneficial but also nice to have someone else like like mm-hmm. a coach kind of over yeah, it's a support isn't it yes it was a nice feeling it was and you know and <laughs> what like most people you know it's, it's quite nice talking about yourself and and what you want to do I have to say I did I did thoroughly enjoy that and even on a practical side um mm-hmm. we came out with uh one action uh looking at one of my issues around getting work done on across my various projects and actually as much as I set my goals and I reflect and I constantly review I actually have weekly reviews and monthly reviews I hadn't come up with that on my own so mm. um so even just you facilitating my thought process with me or you know kind of talking me through that helped me to come out with something that I've now taken away and another big thing and I I have to admit um and and we've spoken about this so I had a few things that that changed in between uh you and I meeting and um and me setting those goals and now so I've kind of had to rethink how how I will you know, specifically put some time aside for the work that we were talking about. Um, but I remember that we had agreed that when I did do the task that I had agreed to, that I would send you a, 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 th- a thumbs up text, the follow up. And this is, and actually it really has kept it at the front of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is le- this is why um, so I did one session but this is why I think there's some real value in um, more than one session because uh, it's great to set those goals but I for me and I imagine for a lot of people there's there's also this real value in what we were saying before in just having some kind of accountability especially when you're independent and you're working for yourself and there aren't necessarily 
uh, other enforced deadlines on your work. Mm -hmm. No, that is a critical part of it, I think, or not necessarily critical, but quite important. It's that follow. I mean, I have people who come to me. I mean, some people come like every two weeks for the first sort of batch of sessions and then they'll come back every sort of three or four months just for a, a check in just to see how everything's going. And that and that really just keeps them going. And it and although it's it's not as close as the, you know, because when we set goals, it's usually for like for the next session, which will be like maybe two, two or three weeks, sometimes in, in sometimes weekly to start yeah. with, but it's just getting that ball ro- rolling and that momentum going. And it is that knowing that you're going to be going back to that person. And even though, you know, nothing's, you know, set in stone, the fact that you have made that kind of agreement, not as, not as strong as a prize, but that agreement and said it to somebody else, yeah. it has a, an impact on your unconscious brain that you're going to actually, you know, you've said you're going to do it. And so you have to do it and you will, you know, you will find a way to do it if you know that you are seeing them again in a, in a couple of weeks time. Yeah. And as I say, the people that I see, you know, maybe every couple of months, that's just like a check-in for the, all the things that they, you know, how, how things are going. For yeah. Them. And, uh, and it's, it's really useful to do that. I think just to, not just to recognize what you still need to do, but to acknowledge what you have done and what you have achieved and how far you've come. Oh my gosh, that's something we often, well, I no. personally don't take enough time to do. Absolutely. I and, focus and a I lot think, on what I haven't done. Yeah, but to acknowledge and actually give yourself a bit of a pat on the back for, you know, how far you have come. I've got a lady who actually started off as a practice client for me, so I've been seeing her for many years now. Yeah. And she comes... You know, she'll ring me up and say, or she'll just message me and say, you know, when can I come and see you? You know, I, I need a bit of a check-in. She won't necessarily book a time, you know, when she has the session for the next time, but she'll just get in touch every sort of two or three, sometimes as much as four months, and just say, you know, I need a bit of a check-in here. And, you know, we did a session, not the last one, but it's probably middle of the summer last year where we looked back on you know everything that she'd done on how far she'd come since I first started seeing her and it was that she went away on cloud nine you know because as you say you don't you look you spend so much time looking at what you've got to do you don't just stop and take stock and 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 recognize and you know, give yourself that pat on the back for how far you have come and how much better you're doing things. You know, it's constantly a work in progress, isn't it? It's life. But, you know, to acknowledge that I think is really important. Oh, absolutely. And just uh, touching on something that you said there about, you know, when people come back a few months later, um, thinking of those formats. So it doesn't always have to be a one uh, face-to-face meeting for example do you do phone skype like do you use any other types of interaction or I do skype and um I do I do occasional ones on the phone where you know it's sort of like crisis time and someone will just ring me up and say but um and I'm happy to do those non-face-to-face ones personally I think there's more benefit to the face-to-face ones because um going a little bit deeper into the NLP, 
it's, you know, actually watching people's reactions when you say things and whether people shut their eyes. I mean, it's amazing how much you can tell over the phone, but that extra layer of just sort of um, change, physical changes that I can notice in someone is, um, I find it really useful. But, you know, there's there's nothing to say that Skype sessions aren't aren't really valuable as well. You know, if it's sure. a case of you can't get to meet somebody, so you know we'll do it on Skype. It's a a second, you know, a, a slightly less good thing because it, it you know people get as much out of a Skype session as a face to face. Yeah. Um, I usually like having said that. I usually like to have met the person first. Right. So, so at least had a one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just and then from, you can yeah follow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, using different methods if needed. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um. So, kind of rounding up, I guess. Um, if you could give the listeners, which, uh, as you know, are mainly uh, self-managed artists and um, independent music managers, any kind of advice, just maybe advice or maybe even one challenge in going forward after this session, after the episode today, uh, what would that be? Um, I think defining, and that means writing down um, exactly what it is you want to, you know, what your goals are, because somebody once said a goal in your head is a fantasy Mm. and actually writing it down is the thing that makes it you know more into a reality because we all have these thoughts jumbling around our heads of things that we want to do and we probably most of us know the value of writing a list and because it actually puts it down and it, it makes it something that you don't have to remember so write down what it is, you know, what are your long and short term goals? What do you what do you really want to be? What is that fairy, you know, magic wand scenario? You yeah. know, what is it you really want? Because sometimes, you know, people are heading on a path and they think that's what they want to where they want to be going. And actually just defining what that path is and what is at the end of it is, you know, sometimes people can do that and realize that it's not going to give them what they want. You know, what yeah. is it that you want out of this? What is it you want to, you know, what is it you want it to give you? Right. So what you're doing and, and what you want ultimately, if you haven't thought about it, may actually be in conflict. Yeah. I, yeah. I've worked with somebody who, um, I mean, as a sort of a classical musician, you get on that that path where you're doing all your grades and everything and then everybody's supporting you and encouraging you and you're doing that and you want to go to music college and you know you finally get to music college and with this particular student um they got there and realized that they didn't want to be there anymore Mm. you know sometimes you get on you're on a path and you're you're just doing it because it's what you do and then finally you get to where you think you want to be and you know that isn't you know, what do you want to do after that? Actually, you don't want to do this music. That You really love doing music, but you don't want to do it as a career. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's not to say that, you know, most people doing music don't want that. But, you know, there are no, occasions yeah. where you, there's, what's that, that saying? Um, when you're climbing your ladder, 
make sure it's up against the right wall. Sorry, I've quoted that. But you no, know, make but sure we that get the path yeah. you're on is is the one that you you know you you want. take a step back yes. and make sure that that's you that where you're planning to go is where you want to be. Yeah, and that it's going to give you what you want yes yeah that makes absolutely sense but I think writing it down is a really beneficial thing to do because as long as it's just going round and round your head it's not clearly defined yeah and that process of writing it down just really enables you because sometimes you write something down and think actually no that's not quite what I mean and then you'll sort of adjust it and you will you know hopefully end up with something that is is um, meaningful for you yeah yeah that that's good so there we have it that's the challenge um uh I I just wanted to talk a bit about how people can get in contact with you now and what you know if they want to start a course of sessions how they can do that I know um, that you offer a free introduction session um if you just want to talk about that okay yes yeah, so let's say that the introductory session is to just make sure that you know that we can work together and that everybody's comfortable and to explain a little bit more about the process and just to start the ball rolling with you know what is it that you really want yeah and um my website is katecraker.com I will put it in show notes yeah. as well yeah. so people can head to my and, site um, to see that. So, and my email address is katecraker at gmail.com, but there's a link on Again, the website. Again, it'll be in the show notes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, just make contact um, uh, and we can take it from there. And okay. I, meet, I meet people, I'm sort of mobile. I do have people come to my house. I don't actually have um, a place that I work out of yet. Yeah. Just because, you know, people are in all different parts of London and whatever. Yeah, and um, so we generally will meet for the first session in a, you know, a quiet corner of a coffee house or a coffee shop or restaurant or somewhere and um, just take it from there. OK, that sounds good. Um, so, yeah, as I said, I'll make sure that I put all the uh, correct contact details for Kate in the show notes, which you can get at 30plus1.co. Um, we, Kate and I also had a chat about making an offer for for listeners um, to this episode, uh, just for the 30 plus one listeners. And actually, I thought I've just added this now, Kate, so this will be the time that you'll, you'll hear it. But I'm thinking if people actually um, do the challenge, um, think about it and if they want to share it, they can um, share it in our uh, private Facebook group where we post the episodes as well, uh, mm-hmm. which I'll also post a link to in the share notes so they can share it. Or you can just say, you know, I've, I've thought about it and and what, you know, how, how motivating that's been for you or share something like that. Then from those, uh, from people that do that, we could pick a few people who could then be eligible to get um, two sessions for the price of three, which is a really uh, generous offer, which uh, Kate's offered to listeners for the episode today. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that, Kate? Well, that's good. So individual sessions are £65. Yeah. And so three for two at uh, £130 is amazing value. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, but yeah. no, I'm happy to do that. No, that would be oh, really thank good. Thank you. 
Thank you. That'll be great. Um, so yes, if, if people do that. And so I guess we'll give it, uh, we'll give it a couple of weeks. I'll probably until I've uh, posted up the next episode following this one. Um, so just before I do that, we'll have a look at all the comments. And again, I'll leave instructions on how you can post those comments in the show notes. Um, and then we'll pick pick a few people from there who will uh, make the offer to you for if you want to have those uh, three sessions for the price of two. Excellent. No, uh, happy, happy to do that. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That's that's really kind. Um, thank you so much, Kate. This has been great. This was. Uh, I don't know about you, but it was a great first time for me. <laughs> no, I've enjoyed it. I uh, hope it yes. wasn't too rambly. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Super helpful for me. I, you know, I just think it's so relevant uh, for my listeners. Um, I know personally the challenges of working independently, being freelance, you know, having a limited amount of time and resources, which is the big challenge for all of our members and listeners. It's like the key thing, I think. Um, So any help in better using those resources is invaluable, I think. Mm Good. Uh, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, thank you. So thanks again. And um, yeah, uh, I'll speak to you soon and look forward to hearing everyone else's feedback from this. Thank you for listening to 30 Plus One for Music Managers at 30plus1.co.